0: poke the bear episode 82 the old trent frederick the 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 trent frederick beating that bag out of brandon tanev episode uh, i am evan Maranovsky. that is connor ryan connor what is up
1: evan i'm okay how are you doing
0: okay only okay what's the <laughs>
1: It's a slow news day, so we're really gonna be yeah. you know scrapping the bottom of the barrel here to get you guys some content for tonight's uh episode. So just okay.
0: Just okay. Yeah. There's not not a lot to talk about today. And what's funny is all these things came out mid-game in like a sec yes. in the second period. Um I was actually doing work for NCAA.com. Actually, I was in charge. They put me in charge for the night, which is bananas, and I was just kind of z- 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 look at, taking a look at Twitter during the game, taking a little break. And I saw the Rask news and I said, Oh boy, mid game. Not great. Mid game. Yeah, that is a quite the time for that news to drop. Now, granted, I was reported by Flutor Shinzawa at the athletic. It's not like he's like, Oh, I'm going to wait till the end of the game. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was just going to wait, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, so we'll jump right into it cuz this was going to take up the first uh, portion of today's show. I'm not shocked by it, and I'll tell you why I'm not shocked by it. The reason I'm not shocked by it is because it felt like when he when Swayman got called up to back to Boston when they were out west. Didn't you have that feeling like mm,
1: something's a little off.
0: Something's off here. Is that the same feeling you got?
1: Yeah, more or less. Not that yeah, you know, I thought you know retirement was going to be at the top of the list, but It's not something where, even if it's just a nagging thing, where you or you're shaking the rust off. You know, I still thought going into this, what we talked about on Bruins beat about our predictions that you know that Swain was going to get maybe five starts over this next kind of stretch here, and you you end up being right. He (laughs) will probably get five starts, right? So, but did not expect it to be again like a a red flag in terms of retirement, but definitely something that's worth monitoring because something that did seem off even when Swain first got called up.
0: Yeah. And that was the thing. And I think, you know, again, he's not spoken. The Bruins haven't said much about this yet. Cassidy kind of said he'll leave that up to Rask. Um, but in his, from, from Rask's perspective, you to think he's 34. He was probably playing against, uh, in the game against the Ducks or the Jets. And afterwards he sort of started to feel that pain and he was like, you know what? Maybe this isn't as good. Cause remember after the Philly game, it was, I feel great. You know, I, I felt great out there. Mm-hmm. I think this was more of a, I tweet something. I don't feel great. Why am I doing this? (laughs) I was retired. What, what is the point to this? And we'll get later. We'll get in later to why this wasn't the worst move by the Bruins. Mm -hmm. Um, but with Rask probably retired, I don't see him coming back from this. If this is true, which I believe it is, um, comes down to what's his legacy here? And that's a weird question because
1: interesting question.
0: It's an interesting question because the stats are very, very, very. He was this elite goalie who um, really was one of the main reasons why the Bruins have been a consistent force since 2013. I mean, yeah. in I, and, and 2010, even like again, like the and and I think you know the the body of work is terrific and incredible. He was elite. Uh, Jay Fresh tweeted the thing out today about how in the past, since 07, he's like second in um, goals saved above average, if that was the stat. Yeah. I think only,
1: I think only Cary Price was ahead of him. So
0: Cary Price only went ahead of him. And so there's that aspect of it. But then there's this aspect of a lot of Bruins fans look at it and say, well, he's a quitter. and oh, he doesn't win the big games. And I think it's tough because he's elite and I don't think you're going to see a guy like him roll through here for a long time. Uh, even with Swayman being very good, I don't know if you can't – it's so hard to replicate Rask. Yeah, And I think just like I always said when Krejci left, people would realize how fortunate the Bruins were to have two centers. I think with this being the end of the Rask era, people are going to realize, damn, maybe the Bruins were actually kind of in a good spot there with Rask for a little bit.
1: You would hope so, Evan. I mean, it's also it, it really does suck that it's if it does end like this, that it's going to be, you know, that game against Anaheim's last time you see him out there, it's very, you know, anticlimactic. I'm not saying that it was gonna be oh, they're gonna win a cup and he goes out on top. Like that would have been the peak, but even just not able to see this season through, um, and his comeback kind of coming up short, it's really unfortunate. But it's also just very fitting for just the entire rascal legacy that he leaves with just the discourse once again. Just ripping apart Twitter right now over, you know, Rass' legacy and what have you. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head that he's still an elite goalie that, I as you said, same with Krejci. I think people are going to realize in short order just how much the Bruins benefited from just having a steady elite goaltender year in and year out. and How important that is, you know, it's even – it was – the, f- the timing on it was wild yesterday too, because the Bruins were rolling in that first period. During the first intermission, uh, Fluto Shinzawa's report comes out about, uh, Rask, and then immediately Dittenheinen scores two goals. And that second <laughs> goal, holy cow, not great. I no. think that's also one of these things where I think you start getting a reality check of just how, you know, steady Rask was, that there's been plenty of times over the course of a season when Rask was the number one guy where he'd go through rough stretches or there'd be a goal where you'd be like kind of wanted that one back but how often was that like every eight nine ten games you'd have one where you're like oh you know yeah. and again you know timing is a lot it'd that be a shot me. from the
0: point pick up yeah through ex- screen, exactly he, yeah you know was not position for it or something and you like know that. usually
1: it depends on just for the time if it's you know you're already up five one what have you but if usually it feels like those goals always came like during a, a tie or what have you so that it makes them even worse but you see like goals like that one, the Heinen second goal against Swayman, when you've got league average goaltending, those happen a lot more often. You start noticing it. You start like even uh like Linus Olmar's been playing a lot better, but you still see like people in comments being like, I don't trust him as much. He's not as like steady on his feet. He's still like these rebounds. That happens when you've got not a top ten, top five goalie in there year in and year out. And you're starting to notice it now. Like that's how it is. And who knows, you know, how you know, Swayman and Omar build off of this. You know, maybe now that they know they're the top two guys, they kind of roll with it. Swayman, even though he's kind of struggled a bit, still has plenty of potential. So who knows? Maybe the Bruins will be in good shape moving forward. But when you look back at Rask and what his legacy is, you know, we could talk for about hour, you know, five hours about his legacy and the, the pros and cons. I still think beyond what, you know, the narrative people want to say about him being a quitter or not being able to de- deliver in those top moments, which again, We'll go down the rabbit hole, but we'll get that game seven. Maybe watch it again. I don't know why you would want to watch that game seven, but watch who showed up in that game and tell me who you think was going to be the deciding factor in that one when Joakim Nordstrom and Marcus Johansson were your best players. But, um, but even like this, you know, coming up short with his comeback, you know, I think it was Logan Mullen who tweeted it from, uh, from Nesson that, you know, this narrative about him being a quitter, the guy, very easily could have just walked away last year, went through months upon months of rehab over a pretty shitty injury, especially for a goalie. It takes a long time to uh, get back up to speed. Got through that, got through rehab, said back in August that he was going to take like a league minimum deal just to come back and play with his teammates and did that was true to his word about only, you know, paying a $1 million contract. And unfortunately things just went south. Like, you know, he's a 34 year old goalie. It's a tough procedure to come back from again. Same with, the playoff results, he's going to get compared to Tim Thomas in that way that, well, Tim Thomas (laughs) had the thing and well, Tim Thomas also a friggin' freak. Like, you you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate for, for Rask that he's held to the same standard as a guy who had like an all time playoff run in 2011. That's the situation it is, but that doesn't, I think discount from the fact that Rask has been a franchise pillar for this team for over a decade, all time winning as goalie. And it's just really unfortunate if this is kind of the way it ends up where, Uh, It seemed like he was looking forward to one last run and unfortunately just his body doesn't seem to cooperate with what he was looking to do out there on the ice.
0: Yeah, I think the tough thing that the everlasting tough part of it is, you know, he never did get the cup as a starter. And I think that if that would have maybe changed all of the things, all the narratives. Yes. And all this stuff would have went out the window. Um, And I think that, you know, I don't want to bring this up for people listening, but 2019, like that was sort of the issue with that, like. Chara lifting the cup with the broken jaw would have been like you know statue worthy, but Rask Wing would have kind of changed the whole narrative in this city about him. There's one. There's only one game I look back on, and this is off the top of my head, so maybe I'm missing a game or two. There's only one big game that I look back at Rask and go, "Would have liked some more saves there." And this and this is never brought up by anybody, but it was Game Four against the Blackhawks in 2013. It was six to five the final in overtime. And that's a game when, like, you can look back and say, well, I l- little like to saved out of the goalie. Now, granted, Rask was unconscious in 2013 in that playoff run. Like, people forget.
1: That Pittsburgh 13- series was
0: unreal. In- insane. And 13 and 19, again, like, was the m- main reason the Bruins got to that point. Um, and granted, that's one game, right? I mean, Thomas had some bogus ones. I mean, it's funny. You know, I think if it- it's weird how history can do things, but obviously the Bruins won in 2011, so I'm not taking anything away. But if they lost 2011, right? Mm -hmm. You look back at that Stanley Cup final, look back at Game 2, right? Chara, obviously, in overtime was terrible, but what was Tim Thomas doing in the net? Mm -hmm. Like, there are little things like that, and I think that's kind of why it's unfair that Rask is compared to Tim Thomas. And We've kind of talked about this a lot in the sense that Thomas was out of position, like, (laughs) all the time. That's why there were all those crazy saves he was diving Mm -hmm. around the crease. It was because he was out of position. So, I don't know.
1: Uh, I mean, I I think just kind of going off that just – we've talked about this before with most of our, you know, arguments where it seems like there's two very passionate sides to it. There should be like a common answer in the middle, which is you should just be happy that you had Tim Thomas and Tuchel Rass back to back for over, you know, close to two decades in net as your steadying presence. And now, again, who knows, maybe we'll be looking at this in May and Omar and Strayman have locked in and Strayman's your goalie of the future. That's great. But if not, you're in for a rude awakening as to what, league average or even above average goaltending is because you've had elite goaltending for almost two for almost two decades now
0: has any other team had this level of goaltending the only thing i can think of is the lightning with ben bishop and then andre vasilevsky that's the closest i can think ranges
1: lundquist to just right now yeah that's true that is true uh but i mean does not happen does not happen often though
0: no and that's the thing and i mean like with two goalies where you get two back-to-back like legit yeah. starters and Thomas kind of just came out of the like that was totally out of left yes. field uh, we always do this where you kind of compare to different Boston athletes and Rask I think is one of the greats I know people are going to think oh he never won anything well there's a lot of Boston athletes who didn't win anything and the closest I can think of and maybe I'm wrong about this and maybe people can kind of dispute me on this and there's only one area that they differ but it was Pedro because Pedro was dominant dominant in his in his prime Mm-hmm. Had the you know twenty thirteen Grady Little leaves him in, and then two thousand what did I say did I say two thousand three? Twenty fourteen? Did you? I don't even know. I said a different year than it was. But two thousand three, you know Grady Little is. doesn't take him out, and then in two thousand four he you know has the rough outing against the Yankees, but ends up they end up winning, mm-hmm. um, and you have that whole thing. But he seemed like someone who I guess they could be comparable. They were elite. They couldn't win for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Rask was on the doorstep, uh, numerous times or at least twice. So, um, weird legacy. Do you have any guys that you would compare him to? Uh, and, in, in the I mean, there's been of plenty of guys play? over
1: the years that have been fantastic that haven't, didn't win. I mean, he's not the tier of Ted Williams, but Ted Williams didn't win shit. If you want yeah, to talk about no. that. Ted Williams went to one world series and hit what, like 190 in it? Cause they, oh, did, it was under 200. What was, what was it like the Boudreaux shift? I think it was, which, Greatest hitter that couldn't live, hit, couldn't hit out of a shift. But I got a lot. There's gonna be a lot of pissed off comments if I do that. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You are doing shit. So if you want to yeah. start going to the rast discourse, we'll go. We'll go back to the 1940s and 50s. But I digress. I digress. 40s and 50s. Yeah,
0: all the old commenters. The greatest hitter that ever
1: lived couldn't hit out of a shift. It's like yeah. it's like in the 50s when Bob Cousy did like, and like <laughs> the defenders were like, "I can't stop this guy. Like, <laughs> Just get on the bus." It's like that was the end of shift. Yeah, it's like Babe I mean, when he saw a curveball for the first time, and he's like, "I, yeah, I'm done.
0: I'm done. I done i can not do this. This is yes. this is ridiculous." Uh, but uh, it's like the TikTok tower. It's like, "Oh great heavens!" It's like, yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I can't handle yeah. this. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I, I to me, Rask is up there as one of the greats. Uh, number retired? I think he should.
1: Probably won't, but. It will be one of those ones where it's like Rick Middleton, where it's going to be down the road again. Yeah. He probably had to win a cup to again. There's also been a lot of very good goaltenders, and they just don't get the numbers retired by the Bruins. So
0: yeah, we'll, we'll see what that's, happens.
1: That's I think he's got. There. a I think he's got a deserving case, but uh and I think it could be the very well the same thing as like Krejci, where it's like you have to look back down the road. Krejci will come back when he's like 65, and he'll be like, "Why didn't we do this a long time ago?" He already got yeah, that's true 33 and 37, and probably 63 up there.
0: Yeah, I don't think Rask is an automatic for it, uh, but yeah, I think yeah.
1: he has a case. I think he's got a case for it. I'm sure um, he'll be around quite a bit, though. He'll be at Buff's Pub, you know, having his Buffalo, yes. Buffalo tenders <laughs> and all that. Buffalo wings. I don't want to disrespect Hugo by saying he's a Buffalo tenders guy, but I'm sure right, he'll be around on. Boston quite a bit.
0: Yeah, you'll see him out and about. People will see him. You know, they can be nice to him for us. Just be nice to him. Um, anyway, safe bet that he'll be around Boston a lot. Uh, but when we're talking about really safe bets, good bets – to good friends over at
1: bet online right you are evan listen up guys the big game is finally here as we hit super sunday with the last game of the football season and bet online has you covered from odds scores totals player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land bet online is the number one spot for all things nfl betting in 2022 and it's not just football bet online's basketball hockey Boxing and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online is your number one online wagering destination. Head to bet online today or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS 50 to get started. That's C L N S 50. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online with a game, stats,
0: stats and match. That's
1: what they yes, say.
0: stats it's and match. People a, don't know
1: it's been that. an interesting couple of days on the, the podcast and the radio waves. Evan,
0: yes, Connor was on touch and Rich on was it Tuesday? Tuesday morning. Tuesday, yes, uh, and you said March. You said it in your own way, and they immediately called you out for it. But it was it was good fun. It was it great. Was, uh, it was
1: all all in jest. Again, as actually, soon as I, as soon as I said it, I was like. I, I get that. You can obviously tell when it, when it, when it it's slips a, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. the stomach, and you're like, like oh, gosh, there it shit. is.
0: Someone texted me, uh, cause they were like, this is hilarious. And they know, I obviously know you. And they're like, does he like talk like this all the time? And I was like, yes.
1: yes. Again, I think it was important. I think they made a good distinction too, that it's, it's more, if it's an authentic one, it just slips out. You know, you, you yes. try, you know, that's how it usually is. So it's only if it's that certain, uh certain month where it's, you know, a, a particular Flyers goaltender or something like that. That's when it really comes out. So you try to try to keep it contained, but every once in a while.
0: A lot of people I went to UMass with who were on the outskirts of Boston, they were not uh, fully in Boston, but they lived on the outskirts um, and they would get drunk and put on a Boston accent. Yes. And that was always the worst. That yes. was as bad as it gets. There's nothing close to it. Um, almost as bad as a kid who used to talk in a Canadian accent while he watched hockey games, which was that is like That's a quite annoying. That's serious very pet peeve. That's very <laughs> it's jarring. Like, actually, I had to leave the room many times. Yeah, like, well, I'll go watch this on my own. Um, it just sounds just
1: sounds like Mike Babcock. Yeah. <laughs> it's really unfortunate, actually. Slamming the Very table, jarred. too. Yes.
0: <laughs> anyways, well, he wasn't hitting us, so that's a good thing. I'm good. Uh, well, actually, Mike, Mike Babcock never. Did he hit anybody? I don't no, think he hit anyone, anybody. but no, yeah, yeah, I can't I, say that. I, I just believe anybody.
1: he was a, a surly individual to his players, I think is what the the yes. proper term is.
0: Yeah, a little frosty. Uh, yes. A little rough around the edges. Um, anyways, Rask, right back to Rask. Um, the big question, obviously, is you know, the Bruins decide to bring Rask back. Um, there is no real regret in this. That's the funny thing. This was the whole point of the deal.
1: Yes. They
0: get him league minimum for a year, mid season. This this is not a loss. They tried, it didn't work. Meh.
1: It's literally not, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's literally a low risk, high reward situation that didn't pan out. Like again, it's a tough hit for the Bruins because I I do think they were going into this thinking that. A healthy locked in Rask is the way to realize the true ceiling of this team. So it's definitely a step back because now you're handing the keys to Olmark and and Swayman, two guys who have not played in a play, who haven't started a playoff game, that is. So there's a lot of uncertainty there, but from Bruins' perspective, if you bring back Rask for that cheap and the only situation that if you looked at one guy who maybe didn't benefit from it, it's from Swayman. But we had this conversation. Like I even saw him, like yesterday after Swayman didn't play that well, where it's like, well, he got sent down. You don't think that hurt his confidence? Like such a weak ass, like lame ass argument like there that Swayman gets sent down uh for what I think was it five games. And all of a sudden his confidence is shot to shit. Like, Again, ta- can't we can't stop the puck. <laughs> we- we've talked about this before of how few even premier legit goalies when they come up through the ranks have a linear path to the NHL. It's not the case. Usually you're up and down, up and down. You're fighting for minutes. Uh, you know, they you have to fight for a backup spot somewhere along the line like if we I, mean, I feel like I'm just repeating myself, but if Swayman's path to the NHL now is starting 10 games as a true rookie last year, starting opening night this year, and spending all of five games down in Providence, I think he's going to be okay. And if it did, then there's a bigger issue there than being (laughs) sent down to Providence. Like, I think he's going to be fine. So, like, that was the only person who maybe didn't benefit from Ras coming back. But even if Ras stayed healthy and the, you know, worst thing is that Stoyman spends an extra two months down in Providence getting steady number one reps and he's good to go next year, Sound like a pretty good idea, pretty good plan. So, as complicated and as jarbled as people make out the... The goalie situation is, or the Bruins walking that kind of tightrope. They make this move ten times out of ten again. If you know, with what the the risk was, which wasn't a whole lot, especially yeah. if Rasmus going to be healthy and at that cost.
0: I mean, again, if they got if if it was something like three million or three and a half or four, then like that you can get into that. Like, what's the you know this you knew this could have happened, but it's for league. Really, like, what what's the loss in this? I mean, you know, again, I I don't I don't see the 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 horribleness of this. Um, it's fine, like as you said low risk, high reward, and it was tiny risk and it didn't work out, so be it speaking of things that didn't work out uh the Montreal Canadians have reportedly just fired head coach uh Dominique de Charme so yes. uh there goes that, okay. that season yeah that season continues to get better and better for them yes. uh that that's terrific speaking of news that we're waiting on uh and this will probably be already like I think this podcast will be out. Uh, and they will have already announced the suspension. They have not announced it yet. Uh, but uh, Brad Marsha was offered an in-person hearing, which is, like, bad. Right? I mean, that's like, okay. I guess – that's like if, if you if you are uh, – if you get in trouble at school as a kid and you have to either go to the principal's office or you get, like, you meet with, like, the superintendent and
1: your parents. That's like, yeah. I guess, if the when parents the, when get called. The, when the parents in. get called, then you are – Yes. You like, were you're a megafunk. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you are in a real situation. So as people as people don't know, Marshan uh, punched Jari in the face and then uh, the ref was holding him back and he stuck his stick right in his chest. Um, right at the end of the game, right as the... In yeah, garbage right time. At, garbage time. Garbage happens. Damn it. Uh, it happened again. <laughs> whoops. Yeah. Anyways, uh it, it feels like this is going to be over five games, right?
1: I think so. and I mean, it's not a guarantee that you're going to get five plus games of an in-person hearing, but put two and two together, right? I mean, it's just a situation where the Bruins are already, we're going to get into what another guy who's going to probably be out for the next little while for the Bruins, which at that point, Martian was fully cognizant of the fact that, you know, Patrice Bergeron exited that game. You need him out there. He's the, the next man up as your leader. And to put yourself in that spot when the game was already decided off of a play that, you know the, the league's ready and willing to drop the hammer on you, considering his rap sheet. Like, you gotta be better in that situation. I don't care if, you know, you saw some people say that Jari, I think, uh, he, I think he speared like coil, like right before that. And obviously yeah, him and, yeah. him and Martian were going back and forth a little bit. Martian denied <laughs> Jari from flipping that puck into the stands, which is funny. But, um, regardless of all those things, you still can't put yourself in that situation. And, People will talk about the fact that, you know, Marcus Felino, I think, need Adam Lowry in the head yesterday and he didn't get it in person. Like, you can go down the rabbit hole and complain about department player safety and how it's not, it's, you know, you spin the wheel to what the judgment's gonna be. Again, put two and two together with Martian with the history he has. He's a repeat offender even before, you know, this, this season where he's already been suspended once off of that Ekman Larson slew foot, which we were, I think, pretty surprised about. You're already in the league's crosshairs, so why are you putting yourself in that position where you know the league is going to throw the book at you at any chance you, they get, and you made it awfully easy for them with kind of that outburst against Jari?
0: Don't you feel like he's at his worst when he's playing like this? Like, you know, he chirps with people, like he chirped the Hurricanes on Twitter, they go out and get absolutely killed. Uh, you look at, you know, he's he's preventing crosshairs from getting a stick. Like, little things like that are funny and stuff, but feels like he's taking himself off his own game.
1: Yeah.
0: And it again like you know in a, in Cassie said this after the game like Martian's a leader on this team. Like if he was if this was 2011 Martian like fine, you know, you expect it. Mm-hmm. But this is the team's MVP. This is the primary scorer. This is the guy on this team. And he's probably out the next at least 5 games. Now, I did see some counterpoints on Twitter. Uh and stats tweeted Martian getting time off during a brutal stretch of games. When a playoff spot is already locked up, and the Bruins acting like assholes again, as long as Bergeron is okay, this is the best we should be feeling about this team so far. Uh, fuck everyone else. So this kind of goes to that whole. Like, <laughs> I, like how, I like how it ended
1: on that note too. <laughs>
0: yeah, just like you know what, fuck everyone else. Um, but I, I, I I've been hearing this crowd kind of being like, "Well, the Bruins aren't tough enough," and this shows. But like, they lost. Like they they lost the game, and you're right that a playoff spot is probably locked up, but you don't know. Especially you don't know how long Bergeron's out for. I don't know. I mean, I, I did you know, was was the big bad Bruins of the, you know, twenty ten, eleven that time fun? Yes. But I don't know if that works in this league anymore. Like that's sort of the issue is like doing stuff like that is cool in the moment and like assert your toughness. But the Penguins won. And you're without Martian for the next five, six games, probably, seven. It, I mean, it, I don't even know.
1: And it was in a garbage time stretch in a regular season game in February, right? Like it's not yes. like, you know, there's like the Luci trucking over Ryan Miller or Martian using uh, one of the Sadines like a, a punching bag, you know, and, and those things where it's just funny in that situation. It's in the playoffs series, so they're not gonna like suspend him for that. But you look at just, you know, reading reading the room or just the situation of this team and the state of where they're at where you don't know if Bergeron's gonna be back. Um and again, yeah, they can kind of cruise through this stretch, if you want to say that, because they've got a pretty big gap between them and teams like Detroit and the Islanders. But you also want this team to start feeling good about its game. And now you've got a situation where you're handing the keys over to Swayman and Olmark. You'd like for them, for them to play better, and at the very least, if they're rolling through some of the ups and downs, at least getting wins along the way. Like It's one thing if like Swayman's playing well and and turns a corner, but if he's still losing like 2-1 games because your top lines, two-thirds of it's out of commission, it's not helping you that much, right? Like you still want to start feeling better about your game. And now not just the fact that you're without your top two forwards on that top line, but now the whole rest of the domino effect is you've got guys all out of order. We don't know whether is Jack Sneaker going to get called up. Is it, you know, Curtis Lazar moved to center where, you know, you, you've, you're going to be rolling out a lineup for the next little while that, is not going to be what you hope is the finished product by the time you get to the playoffs. So whether it's a guy like Coyle who's going to be yanked across the lineup now or the fourth line that's not getting chemistry. You don't know where like a guy like Nick Felino fits into the like all these guys are now just thrown all over the depth chart when you're getting to the point of the season where yes, you've got a you know a bit of a gap now, but you still want to start putting the the plan in motion as to what your roster wants to look like by the time you get to the playoffs. And right now they're in limbo, I guess is the way you put it there. At the very least, they're just going to be treading water for the next week plus, I would say. So, not great. And they've
0: got a rough schedule coming up. I also Carolina's other- going to town.
1: Not great. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe the first line, they wouldn't have won that game anyway. But still, I also think you, you hit the nail on the head with these these guys need chemistry. Mm-hmm. Like Nick Fellino doesn't really have a doesn't really have a consistent lineup spot. The fourth line's been jumbled a bunch. Uh, Coyle's been kind of you know different spots. Eric Hall has been up here there. No sec, same thing.
1: Jake DeBrus has he not been traded yet. It's been two. It's been legitimately two months now, and he's still here. And, and like, we've not and heard they, from they, him yet. And they and they kind of need him now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, again. That's
0: the, like again, it, and, it, and to see this out of a leader uh, in this situation. Not the greatest thing in the world. Um, also, like, really dirty. Going at the other team's goalie. I don't know. Kind of opens up your goalie to stuff. Granted, the game was over, but still, not great. Um, big be difference better.
1: between, just needs to be. Yes.
0: Better. Yes. Big difference between punching a player and punching a team's goalie. I don't really care what he said to you. Um, I remember, uh, Marcian supposedly said something about, like, Russia to Panarin. He just threw his glove at him. You know, <laughs> like, maybe just, maybe Marshann just should have thrown his glove at Johnny. You know, just his helmet was already off. Might as well just throw everything at him. Um, but yeah, uh, tough night for 63 weird with that. Um, not great to see that just kind of continuing. Um, uh, but anyways, he's probably out for quite a bit of time. Uh, maybe, Hey, rest, rest is never a bad thing. You know, get some rest, rest
1: shoulder up a little bit more.
0: When what was one of your predictions, a hundred points for Marshan. And you were like, well, if, you wrote something like, well, you know, he's not going to hit it, but like, if he goes on a real tear, he might be able to. I think that might be, it out, of
1: might be out of the question. though. <laughs> I said Pasta could contend for, you know, if he's on one of his hot streaks and looking pretty good right now, even though we'll see what that power play looks like on could Thursday. Could be playing Is with Nosek and
0: Lee Stepniak.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bring, bring back Lee.
0: Yeah, bring back Lee for this. Um And final thing on today's agenda. It's <laughs> a very positive so Dave, episode. Yeah, yeah. Good things. Only good things. Uh, Patrice Bergeron most likely out for a bit with a concussion. Uh, has the concussion been confirmed?
1: Uh, Bruce Cassidy pretty much said that, you know, it's upper body involving his head. And he mentioned yesterday, concussion spotter again, two and two together.
0: And we know how Cassidy is with like these kinds of things. He's sitting there just like, don't say concussion. Don't say concussion. Don't say concussion. Concussion. (laughs) (laughs) That's coming next. Uh, But you have Bergeron out who's had a, you know, well-known history of concussions, um, in his career now out for probably a bit, so now you're uh, without Martian and Bergeron for not, like, one or two games, but could potentially be, like, over five. Um, you're going to have, you know, first line of Coyle, Posternak, and Hall, and then a second line of Halla, DeBrusque, and Craig Smith. And, like, you got a weird thrown-together lineup. Uh, but this Bergeron thing, you know, he's up at the end of the year with a contract.
1: It's not great, Evan. I mean, in the short term, it's awful, especially considering you're probably going to be without Martian. So we've already covered that of just not just two-thirds of your top lines out of out of commission, but also that domino effect is just throwing everyone kind of in a state of limbo where you don't really know where guys are going to be slotted in. So that's awful. But then long-term, yeah. I mean, this is a guy who's – had plenty of mileage over the course of his career, has had multiple issues with concussions in the past. So if you're Bergeron and you're taking a long look at the end of this year, whether you want to keep on doing this for another year or two, and you're prioritizing your health and, you know, being with your family and all these things, fighting through another concussion at this point of his career, it's not great. You know, it's Bergeron's still playing at, a, at an elite level. He's still probably the favorite to win the Selkie again. Hopefully he actually gets put on the ballot this time by a few people. But yeah. it's still a legit... <laughs> you know, franchise center. He's playing like that, but even if his like game is not slipped, if you're Bergeron, who said multiple times, that you know, you prioritize, you know, your health above all at this point, you have to take a long look at it as whether or not a thing like this, which was just an unfortunate kind of awkward fall into the boards, puts him on the shelf. Something that I think it's absolutely creeps in the back of your mind when you have to start weighing those tough decisions about what the next step is moving forward. So again, (laughs) <laughs> not a lot of positives take out of uh the last 24 hours at all. After like starting the day with all oh, the Bruins are back from the all-star break, everyone's healthy, you know, like <laughs> we'll see what happens with Rask. Maybe he's back. Oh, he's not. Okay. And then it just went downhill from there. So not yeah. great.
0: Rough, rough, uh, rough Tuesday in the land of the Bruins. But yeah, I mean, again, I think I've done this, guy, this guy's got three kids, you know, he's wants to be there for them. He wants to be healthy. I think, you know, part of it might be seeing what Rask is doing and being like, you know what? Rask has, you know, tried to come back from an injury. Granted, Rask was fixable. You can't like have a surgery to re- repair concussions. Um, but still, it's like, well, you know, he's won a cup. He's had tons of success. He's a legend. He'll get his number retired here. I mean, he's Hall of Famer, all those things. And yeah, I mean, I, again, do I, I don't know which way I'm, I don't know which way he's leaning on this. I think it's tough to tell. I think he's going to evaluate all those things. I wouldn't be surprised to see him do like a year to year thing. Um, but I don't know. It's a, it's It does, does
1: not help his, help the case in terms of coming back if these issues still keep on sprouting up, which is unfortunate. But and we've, it's and a and very we've said real that, issue.
0: And we've said this all year. Again, like, they, like, if he's, if he gets injured multiple times this year or at all, that's going to hurt his desire to come back as it would for anybody, right? If you're 30, he was 37 or 36. Yes,
1: 36. 37.
0: He's 36. So again, like, you're at that stage of your career. Do you really want to keep like throwing yourself out there, get, putting yourself on the on the line like that? I don't know. And it comes back to this. And uh, we didn't really plan on talking about this, but we can just kind of hit on it quick because I know it'll leave a lasting impact on the listeners. Um, but Bergeron gone. Oh, no, wait a second. Whoa, that came out of my mouth way too quickly. Be Bergeron, like if Bergeron is gone, you also have Rask probably gone do you think you might be headed for a rebuild?
1: It's a pretty scary premonition of what you saw uh at the end of that game and what the next few games could look like. So for the Bruins, it's, you know, I don't know if losing, you know, a setback with Rask in terms of, you know, that, again, low risk, high reward situation not working out and, and Bergeron missing a few games is all of a sudden going to tilt the, you know, direction of the team into a rebuild as opposed to a, a retool. Like, I still think they're looking at probably acquiring a 2C and, Forging ahead like that, but who knows if all of a sudden Bergeron is out for a really extended stretch or everything else kind of falls apart and all of a sudden a team like the Islanders catch up to them, then maybe you have to weigh that, that hard, you know, the hard truth of maybe where you're at and how multiple things just didn't go your way this year, but they haven't hit that point yet. But in terms of just the optics of it, yeah, it's pretty scary to see, you know, a roster that's not at least anchored by one of Rask and Bergeron in their respective spots on the depth chat.
0: Yep. Not great. Not great at all. But what is great is your coverage over at Boston Sports Channel. What can people look forward to over there?
1: <laughs> well, Evan, uh it's a lot of news to digest. So uh, we'll have you cover all uh throughout this week in terms of Rask situation, next steps, Martian situation, Bergeron situation, all that stuff over at BSJ. So uh, subscribe to BostonSportsChannel.com. dot com. want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93
0: go do all that. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your day.